With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked. Game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco Cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked. Your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome into the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, do we have a great show for you today. I mean, unbelievable. Joe Buck's going to join us later on in the show. Joe Buck, of course, calling tonight's Thursday Night Football, and it appears that he may be calling the World Series for the next 50 years <laughs> with rumors of a long-term Fox deal. Ed is going to join us. We'll get his take on, um, on what's going on with the Cowboys. Is Jerry a man of his word? Is he really going to extend Dak? And if so... Doesn't that mean Jason Garrett's likely gone? And what do the Cowboys think that Des Bryant has left in the tank? Former Cavs general manager David Griffin will join us. We'll ask him what his take is about LeBron James, fresh off LeBron James's L.A. Lakers, getting a hard-fought win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's lived this. He understands what it's like to watch Bron in his first dozen or so games with a new team. Is this par for the course, or is this LeBron 
4.0. And then Mike Leach, the Pirates, going to join us half past this hour. Arg. Does he believe they will get a rightful shot at a national championship if they win out? That means beating Washington, running the table, winning the Pac-12 championship. We'll ask him. We'll ask him. Man, there's a lot to get to. And uh, sometimes there's a lot to unpack, right? There's a lot to unpack. For example, tonight's game, lot to unpack. You have the new Le'Veon Bell saga where they're like, oh, hey, I'm not sure if you guys read this part of the contract, but he might not have to show up after all. Somebody stopped Le'Veon Bell mid-pickup game in Pittsburgh like, yo, dude, you came back for nothing. Still, it feels like a foregone conclusion. He will, in fact, show up. He will, in fact, sign that sign uh, the franchise tag, and he will at some point in the near future play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you got that. Like, wait, maybe he doesn't have to show up in order to in order for it to count for a year, and then the franchise tag next year be so bloated, be so ridiculously high that. That he, you know, the Steelers obviously let him go. And then, of course, you have the Steelers who are playing better. James Connors had a magnificent season, better statistically than Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown pulled over for going 100 miles an hour and not on a freeway, I believe. And look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't speed. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you that I haven't gone 100. Um, but it, time and place, and you're going 100. You caught, once you get to three, for once you get plus 90, like I stop feeling sorry for you. Right? The, I was keeping up with the flow of traffic. Nobody else was on the road. Like All of these things make total sense when you're in the 80s. Once you get past 90, I, I can't. And then once you get past 100, I can't. I just can't. Oh, yeah, and then you have the Carolina Panthers who have found Cam Newton's ability to be, uh, a once again, a game-changing, for, for the good side, game-changing player. They seem to be using Christian McCaffrey in a multitude of ways, all of which are successful. They have a tremendous run defense. This is a big-time football game. It might well be the game of the week, and, of course, on Thursday night, which in the past, once you get late in the season Thursday night, not always the best played games. There's a lot to unpack tonight. I mean, a lot. Panthers defense, eighth in the league in uh, rushing yards allowed. Eighth in the league in yards per game. Not that that really matters. Fumbles caused. Turnovers are a huge. Like you ask NFL people, they're like, what's your turnover ratio? How many points are you giving up? What what are you in the red zone? What are you on third down? That's really what NFL stats come to. We almost have to. Almost, you almost want to shame the NFL in how they look at how they still uh, hand out defensive stats because everybody in the NFL they look at it completely differently. Like total defense and yards, no one in the league actually cares. Zero. Zero. Like Cleveland, Chicago, Seattle, Carolina, those are the teams that 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 lead in, in takeaways. 
Cleveland, 23 takeaways. It shows how bad Cleveland's offense has been considering they lead the world in takeaways. They've gotten 10 fumbles and 13 interceptions. The Carolina Panthers, fourth in the NFL in takeaways. At 15 so far this season, 11 interceptions, which is big time. Big time. That's one of those kind of all you need to know. So I look at James Conner's rushing stats, and he's second in attempts. He's second in yards. He's 15th in, in yards per attempt. It's one of the reasons they're so good on third down. Le'Veon Bell's lurking. He'll probably be watching at 24-hour fitness or L.A. fitness or one of the fitness centers in Pittsburgh. And here's James Conner's time on national TV to show just how good he's been is how good he is against one of the top defense in the NFL. 10th in total yards, uh, 10 total TDs, over 1,000 all-purpose yards. Remarkable story. Man, there's a lot to unpack here. A lot. Between Cam, who's been to a Super Bowl but hasn't won one, and was coming off a wildly disappointing up-and-down season, and Ben Roethlisberger, who had some disappointing days last, last season, and they came up short in the playoffs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. A team in the Pittsburgh that, at times early on in the season, the preseason seemed a little bit in disarray, to the Carolina Panthers who, you know, ever since Josh Norman left, then they started trading away wide receivers mid-season last year. Some fingers being pointed at Cam. Like, this is a really interesting game. And then you have the Le'Veon Bell stuff. Look, my, my take on the Le'Veon Bell thing is, is pretty simple. Uh, they continue to search for excuses to have him not show up. He thought he was worth more than they thought he was worth. They offered him a contract, and he said he didn't want that contract. The agent probably wanted him to take the contract, and now the agent may have just now become aware of a clause in the contract that means he doesn't have to show up. Now, he doesn't have to show up and might not have to sign the, sign the sheet of paper, but he also won't collect a penny, which seems to be really, really bad business. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I watched the Lakers play last night. And there were moments where LeBron James seemed like LeBron James of old. There were some magical three-point shots. The, the incredible strength and dexterity. Maybe not the overall sheer dominant scoring, but 24, 10, and 9. And he seemed, for the most part, until the end of the game, to be playing within the offense. LeBron has 24, 9, and 10, only three turnovers, does it in 39 minutes. And they win against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who had beaten them going back last week in the Twin Cities. What was the difference? Well, late in the game, they chose to go with Josh Hart, who didn't play late in the game the week before. And they added Tyson Chandler, who only had two points, only played 23 minutes, and only gets credit with nine rebounds, but he had a whole bunch of tip-outs that led to offensive re- team offensive rebounds. 
and they were better defensively in the low post. So Carl Towns was limited to five of 16 and seemed to disappear in the fourth quarter. Matter of fact, I tweeted out and several people DM me that they thought it was funny and accurate. Hey, Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins, it's okay to come out now. The game's over. They went into a shell. Not only did the Lakers win, but they survived a torrential downpour from noted three-point specialist Derrick Rose. What the hell happened? Derrick Rose all of a sudden can shoot? So have the Lakers done it? Well, they've gotten healthy. They've played together. They fixed some things schematically. Rondo's come off of suspension, just like Julian Edelman came off of suspension. Brandon Ingram came off of suspension, probably played his best overall game of the year with 20 and 6. And they went out in the waiver wire and, and got Tyson Chandler. My, my point is, I, I think that LeBron looks a little bit older than he's looked at any time in his career, and he is older, but I mean, finally starting to look a little bit older. I'm not sure this this style is truly for him, will benefit him. It may benefit others, but I'm not sure it benefits him or gets the most out of him. But I would also point out, and this is really, really important, that whether it's LeBron, LeBron's people, or GMs who work with LeBron who who have to figure out what to put around him. The Cavs added, you know, uh, Ray Allen after the first year. Remember, Ray Allen was not part of that uh, not one, not two, not three press conference, right? They added pieces. When he came back home, remember, they they added pieces as they went on. They didn't have J.R. Smith originally. J.R. Smith, when he first started playing, J.R. Smith was not a member of the Cavs. And it was a disaster with the Knicks. And they got him off the street. The same is true when they traded for Kyle Korver. So it doesn't mean that the Lakers are the Patriots. But LeBron has a little bit of Patriots to him. Just give me some time to figure it out. Give me some time to play into shape. And you know, at the end of the day, I'm still going to be there in the playoffs. There's a, a direct parallel there. I don't think anybody can deny. And yeah, lot, a lot like Tom Brady, I know that at some point, Father Time is going to win this thing. But he had one yet. And until he does, much like the Patriots in the AFC East, much like Kansas in the Big 12 in basketball and Oklahoma in the Big 12 in football, Clemson in the ACC, like they just, but especially in professional sports, the ability to kind of figure it out and go like, you know, if we just had this one piece, changes everything. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. David Griffin, he put in his time in the city of Cleveland. I'm sure it's in the low 30s uh, this this uh, this week in Cleveland. Of course, David Griffin, former general manager of the National uh, basketball Association, an NBA TV analyst. You could check out his show, Deals and Dunks, on Sirius XM's Sirius XM. That's on Saturday mornings. D- David, how par for the course is LeBron James' first 10, 12 games with the Lakers as opposed to his last two stops, Miami and Cleveland? Uh, I think radically different uh, because I, I think the way the team is built is different. I, I think the fact that he's on a long-term deal there 
changes things quite a bit from the experience in Cleveland as well. I, I think Magic and Rob Palinka are looking at that as a long-term build situation and not something where they felt like they had to win this championship. So I think I think it's a really different template they're working from, and I'm, I'm anxious to see what it looks like. Uh, I get the concept behind it. They They sold LeBron on the idea of multiple ball-dominant play creators who could take some of that burden off of him which is all fine until you get to the playoffs and then you're going to have LeBron do it because he's the most efficient play creator in finals history. So you're going to give him the ball. And in order to do that, you need to space shooting around him. And I think as they build this and as they augment the group around trade deadline, they're going to look to do that as well. Oh my gosh. We got augmentation. We got all kinds of big words. My head is spinning. <laughs> right, so like, like, look, he was good last night. He's been good in quarters before. Uh, he does look like he's trying to fit into a different style where the ball moves more, but we still haven't seen, hey, I'm LeBron James and I'm the best player in the world. Like, we haven't seen that. And I understand that there's not the same number of shooters around him, so there's not the space. I understand that uh, not being as much the primary ball in the, but, but all of that is great, but I would just expect at some point... Um, you remember the movie Madagascar? You ever seen the movie Madagascar? I did not. Okay. Did not. Madagascar is uh, Alex the lion and a zebra and a hippo from uh, the um, Central Park Zoo uh, end up. Oh, Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer's the giraffe, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm with you. they're mistakenly yep. shipped to Madagascar. And it's and there's just a point where Alex the lion is so hungry that. He's just running, they're just running through the wilderness, just running like friends. And all of a sudden, his buddy is the zebra, looks like a bunch of steaks, and he snaps back into to lion mode, like real lion mode. Yep. I'm just wondering why we haven't seen that from LeBron yet. We haven't seen the, you know what? Screw everything. I'm just going to take over and win a game just to show everybody I'm still LeBron James. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm actually watching, as we're speaking, I'm watching the replay of the Minnesota Laker game on NBA TV right now. And to start the game, LeBron was in that mode a little bit. And at times in the fourth quarter, he was in that mode a little bit. But he's very much like, and we used to watch him in Cleveland in much the same way that we watched Jason Kidd in Phoenix. And we would hope someone would piss him off. Um, And and right now, he's very much in that counterpunching mode where he's just sort of feeling things out. You know, I, I say he's a computer on learning mode, and I think he's just trying to feel his way through it a little bit, kind of see what the kids are capable of doing on their own. And I think once he figures out exactly where he's going to be able to, or rather where he's going to need to assert himself, he will. But he's he's not terribly concerned with the record in the short term. Uh, I think he's more concerned with trying to make sure he helps the pieces fit together right now. David Griffin joining us, former general manager in the NBA. Of course, you can check him out on NBA TV. You can hear him on Sirius XM uh, with deals and dunks. Uh, That's on Saturday mornings on Sirius XM. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, About five days ago, Adrian Wojnarowski had a story that Madge Johnson uh, called Luke Walton in. And say, hey, dude, you gotta, we got to have a, a better plan defensively. we got to have a, a system defensively, a system offensively. And I called him on the carpet. Uh, uh, first, how often does that happen where a general manager or a president calls in a coach after a disappointing road trip and wants to have a discussion about it? Well, I mean, I think it all depends on how you're phrasing it, right? I mean, we, 
we would visit every day. I mean, we, we live together. We're like a family. So from a GM head coach perspective, if you guys aren't in lockstep together and aren't spending an awful lot of time together, you're probably missing the opportunity to do something special together. So I, I think in the situation with Magic, who's who's not with the team on the road, who's who's not like a traditional GM, that's sort of Rob Palinka's role. I think for Magic to have a sit down with Luke is fine, but to make a big deal about it, it was probably unnecessary just from a media perspective. And I'm I'm sure that was done. To, to generate some sort of effect or urgency in the team itself, but those kinds of sit downs and visits happen every day. That, that, that's it's kind of my that, that's kind of my point, though, David. Though, do you think do you think it's magic that put it out there because he wanted to seem like, hey, I, I got this, or because my problem was not the story that they met or even that magic wasn't happy. It was that it got out, right? That that yeah, kind of thing gets and that, out. That and the, bothered me too. Okay, yeah, so where I does it? I the, the the question becomes: Does that come from LeBron's people, or is that a message sent to LeBron's people? Like, we know it's not right. How, how get read the tea leaves for me on how you think it actually went down? So my perspective on it when I saw it happen was probably the Lakers wanting LeBron's people and mostly LeBron to see that to understand. Like, look, we're taking action. We get it. Um, I don't believe that it's, it's, again, I just don't think it's a significant issue. Uh, and everything that happens around the LeBron team becomes a major story. And to me, you just, the one thing you have to do as a fan of the Lakers right now is ignore the noise because everything happens. Everything coming from one direction or another happens for a reason that has nothing to do with winning and losing basketball games. And I don't think it has anything to do with the Lakers not really believing in Luke anymore, as evidenced by the fact that they came out later and said they very much believe in him. And Jeannie said he's our coach and those types of things. Holding Luke responsible for the team that was thrown together prior to the start of the season would have been asinine at that stage in the game. So I I think it was really more of a just sort of let's see where we're at, get a feel for the lay of the land kind of meeting. David Griffin joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. Um, when did Derrick Rose become this deadly three-pointer? This is one of the most <laughs> remarkable comeback stories. Like, it's one thing to come back. It's another thing for a guy to come back on. Remember, his last two teams he basically bailed on, right? Like, New York he disappeared on, and they got rid of him. Then Cleveland, you know, midway through the year he disappeared on. And then he was in Minnesota, and then he was working out at, like, a, a you know a local workout club, and they re-signed him to a really minuscule deal. And, of course, there was the, well, Tibbs believes in him. But all of a sudden now he has 50 in a game, and he had seven threes last night. This is – when did this happen? Well, I, I think, first of all, he's healthy for the first time in a long time. I've, I've seen he and Tibbs have talked about the fact that it's the first time in five years he didn't spend the offseason rehabbing from some surgery or another. I, I think that's one thing. I, I think the other thing is, and it really speaks to the power of confidence, And it speaks to, from an elite NBA perspective, the gap between showing up and playing and dominating has a lot to do with your thought process and your belief of self. And it's really obvious Derek is back to feeling that he's capable of the things that Tibbs is telling him he's capable of doing, and he's going out and modeling that right now. I'm I'm just super excited for the kid because to see him healthy again and to see him playing the game at this level from where he was during his stint with Cleveland, I, I never would have predicted this. No, I, I, I would not have, have, have either. Um, I, I, I can't believe – I mean, I get – like, look, 
Andrew Wiggins has a reputation of being a guy super talented, but whether it's soft or doesn't have the desire to take over late. Carl Anthony Towns has some of that reputation as well. Some of that's been helped by Jimmy Butler in the way in which he's tried to get himself out of town. And then they lived down to that reputation last night in a game that I think most NBA fans are watching. What's your read on what's going on and how they fix it in Minnesota? Well, relative to how they fix it, Jimmy Butler is going to have to get traded at some point, and they're just going to have to come to grips with the fact that they're not going to get a deal that feels like full value. And and that's because of the circumstance that, in large part, the organization and ownership created. It's also, in large part, because of what Jimmy created. And because those two things are involved and they're not all in lockstep, he's going to go away eventually, and every day he's there, he's able to block out the noise and go out there and just hoop. Carl and Wiggs, they're not. And so it's fairly obvious, in in particular in the Carl case, he's shaken by all of the turmoil. He's not enjoying showing up to work every day. He's got the opposite of what Derrick Rose has going right now. He does not feel an enormous amount of confidence coming from the people around him. And he's, he's offensively, I think, playing down to that defensively he's a little bit better version of himself he's blocking some more shots but when it comes time to know that i'm the alpha and it's my turn to take over he doesn't have any of that and i don't think he's going to as long as jimmy's there so if you don't want to trade him for the sake of getting rid of jimmy himself then you need to do it for the sake of saving the young guys and in particular carl because i i think carl's carl's upside is so significant if you get the best version of him you could count on him to be a number one or a number two on a Final Four conference finalist type of team. I don't look at Wiggs in the same way, and I don't think he's as much. I don't think the way he's playing has anything to do with the turmoil. I just think that's who he is. Uh, I, I'm sure you watch Duke. I'm sure, like the rest of us, and RJ yep. RJ Barrett. You know, it's like everyone's talking about Zion, but most people. Uh, hold uh, 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 R.J. Barrett in even higher regard in terms of being an NBA prospect. But let me ask you about Zion. How concerning to somebody who's evaluated NBA players and NBA roster and NBA draft for years, how concerning is it that he's 285 pounds? If he had an injury history, it'd be really concerning. Um, The weight in and of itself, the body type sort of allows for it. So if it's not causing him injuries throughout his lifetime, you're not as concerned. When it really becomes an issue, and this happened with like Sean May leaving North Carolina, he's a heavy kid who's also had foot problems. Well, just the act of getting in good enough shape to not be healthy or not to be heavy anymore puts so much strain on your body, you injure yourself, and it just sort of snowballs. You can never get right. If you were already injured when you were heavy, it's really hard to get into shape. This kid's played at this weight he's he's actually leaner now than he's been and this kid's played at that level without any incident so for me that's not a concern his body type allows for it my only concern with zion is going to be durability in the course of an 82 game season because he's landing from such a ridiculous vertical leap that that starts to take its toll on the knees you know vince carter's talked about this a lot it's it's not the takeoff it's the landing yeah um, if you were drafting, how, how close is it between those two? I mean, I know there's, I know there's other prospects in that mix. How close is it between those two? Oh, 
I mean, I'd be throwing a dart right now. I don't know either one of them well enough to know. I, I feel like, you know, because this era of one and done has made it so that we're not in high school gyms anymore as, as NBA personnel. And we really only get to watch all-star events. You're making the highest value judgments you make on lottery picks on the guys, you know, the least. Yeah. It's really reflective Hard. of our, the, the problem in our model. No, I, I, I agree with it. It's one of the reasons I actually like two and done. Everybody shouts at me that I'm somehow un-American for saying, hey, I, I actually think it's better for NBA teams and for the players to buy in and to figure out how to play basketball and not carry the burden of, of having to, if they don't declare immediately, somehow uh, they're, you know, they, they feel like they failed. Uh, but well, that's why I think I think they ought to be able to come right out of high school without declaring, and if they go to college, they should have to stay two years. So both sides get what they want. Everyone's eligible right out of high school, which would mean the, the, the man-child is going to get drafted out of high school, and just like he always did. I mean, when you look at LeBron, you look at guys like Shaq would have been able to come right out of high school. KG came right out of high school. Kobe Bryant came. Those guys were obvious. They were so much better than everybody else. They were sort of touched by the hand of God, and you went, they're, they're NBA guys. Well, then they would go to the NBA. Everyone else would sign to go to college for two years, and there's no declaring necessary, so you don't have to have that sort of unsettling effect in your life. The, the, the problem wouldn't be those top guys. The problem would be everybody else thinking that they're of that elk with the top guys, right? Like that's Right, but we'll, we'll tell them that as soon as they get drafted or don't get drafted, right? I mean, they'll know. Yeah, they, and, and then no but there would the also be the entire <laughs> second round would be littered with guys that you take a shot at and you stick in the G League. And no, is that really... no, I, I don't. I don't think that would happen because NBA teams recognize how much can happen in that year. If you weren't top one, two, three, whatever in, in high school, NBA teams haven't even really been watching you. So they're, they're not going to take flyers on guys like that in the second round that are, that are, shouldn't have been in the draft guys. They, they won't do that. Now they might the first couple years, but what will happen is eventually Using your idea, those two-year guys will populate the draft, and they'll be so much further ahead of these kids that it'll all work itself out. But, yeah, it could be a couple years of adjustment for sure. David, great stuff. Uh, look forward to seeing you on NBA TV and listen to the show. Uh, that show is Deals and Dunks on Sirius XM. Thanks for being our guest. You bet, Doug. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. David Griffin, former general manager of the Cavaliers, longtime NBA guy. Of course, you can see him on NBA TV. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Joe Buck joins us, Emmy Award-winning play-by-play voice of Fox, not just the NFL, but also uh, most recently the World Series. Um, What's it like in Pittsburgh with... Uh, with Le'Veon lurking out there playing basketball down the street, but not actually at the facility. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. Uh, you know, he's he's walking around a sports club uh, and pick up basketball, and you know, I guess in some ways pushing the limits on whatever he's going to sign for. I assume he's going to sign. I don't know. I don't get the sense that these Steelers really care uh, if, if he signs. That said, he's one of the best players in the NFL and was an all-pro last year. So I, I think part of them is hurt. You know, you read like DeCastro and different guys on the offensive line that are just kind of tired of the questions and tired of the topic and kind of, if you're not with us, then forget you but the other side of it is i mean he's one of the best players in the league so 
you can you can be mad and not want him around, and some guys do, some guys don't, I'm sure. But if he comes in and he plays down the stretch and he's fresh, uh, who knows? I mean, maybe he's a guy that throws them over the top. So it's just kind of like this in-between land right now, and nobody really knows, A, how it works out the rest of this year, and, B, what his status is going into next year, especially if he doesn't report and he never ends up playing it down in 2018. Uh, Joe Buck joins us. You, you you weren't you weren't driving uh, with AB when he was going 100 miles an hour, right? That that's that's not your style. I mean, uh, to go 100 miles an no, hour. No, I'm no, I'm 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 10 and two. Uh, I obey all speed limits. <laughs> I, I I don't ever uh, I don't ever push it whatsoever. In fact, my wife, who is uh, now a first time mom, uh, used to always make fun of me for my grandpa driving and once we had kids and our boys are six months old uh now all of a sudden she drives like grandma and she's like oh now i see where you got it because i have older daughters so when they were little i think i went from Leadfoot to mr cautious and uh no i i would not drive that way nor be in a car uh at that speed you, you know it's it's weird this team was supposedly so distracted at the start of the year but, but it almost feels like the Le'Veon thing, and maybe it's James Conner's personal story. Obviously, what happened in the synagogue, you know, which is not far away from the stadium. Like, all of those things, it feels like all of these things have been kind of galvanizing to the Steelers. Is that too hokey, kind of radio guy thing to say? Or is there some reality to all of the distractions have somehow made this a better football team? Yeah, I think so. I think there's something to that. Uh, I, I don't think, he, you know, it's okay to be... Pokey. I think there's something to that with regard to Connor. I mean, I, I can't think of a guy who's easier to root for in the NFL than James Connor, considering, you know, he's from Erie. He played at Pitt. He's been through lymphoma. Uh, you know, he was a third round pick and he comes back and, and, you know, he ended the year last year with a knee injury and then he gets his chance and, and he's basically one yard off the yards from scrimmage. Uh, from Le'Veon Bell, the the first time he won, uh, he won All Pro, and so it's not like a fluke. I mean, first of all, you realize how good this offensive line is, but then, yeah, I, I think they're rallying around that guy. I think their quarterback is a rock. Uh, and I think they've been through a lot in this community. I, I know Ben was was personally uh, touched and and heartbroken with what happened in Squirrel Hill. Uh, and, and so, yeah, all those things come together, and they have a really good coach. I mean, they, there's a lot to like here in Pittsburgh. And, what, they've had three head coaches since 1969. Uh, that, that has to pay off uh, more times than not. I think that stability leads to all this as well. What's Cam Newton been like? Uh, fun. You know, I, I think he's, uh, you know, we've got kind of a different in now there because obviously his offensive coordinator is Norv, who not only was Troy's offensive coordinator when they kicked it into gear in Dallas, but inducted Troy into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I think it surprised Troy when Norv agreed to join as offensive coordinator. I'm sure it surprised Cam. Uh, but what's come out now is, is we're halfway through the season is Cam at his best, and he's a former league MVP. He's never had a quarterback rating like this. He's never had a completion percentage like this. He's not throwing interceptions. Uh, he's made him a better player, and they've got a versatile, speedy offense that 
can get you from a lot of different directions. Yeah. No, it's it's really amazing. Especially, you know, look, Norv's tenure in Cleveland wasn't great. His tenure in Minnesota wasn't great. And, like, a lot of people, I, I, I'll just say, I mean, Cam's not like Troy or Rivers or Breeze or some of the other incredible success stories he's had. And he's found a way to kind of morph his system to fit what Cam does and what Christian McCaffrey can do as well. And it's been incredible kind of to watch at this stage in his career, Norv Turner doing some different things, right? Yeah, I think it it just points out how smart he is. Um, I I think the great coaches mold to the talent they have around him. You know, I'm a diehard Blues fan, and I know he won a Stanley Cup, but Mike Keenan was a guy in the NHL that always had to have his guys around him. So Adam Creighton had a career in the NHL because of Mike Keenan by the end of Adam Creighton's time in the league because he was just his quote-unquote type player. Well, Cam Newton is not a Norv Turner, quote-unquote, type player. He's not Rivers. He's not Troy. He's not any of these guys, and yet he's evolved. And we just did a game with the two Shawns going at it as offensive coordinators and two of the most creative guys in sports, not just the NFL, calling plays uh, with McVay and Peyton. And, uh, you know, then you got the 66-year-old Norv Turner who is doing new things with new type players and good for him. He's adaptive and, and I, I think he's having a heck of a lot of fun too. That's what Troy says. And again, those two are, are extremely close. The game tonight, seven thirty Eastern, four thirty Pacific on Fox. It's a great one. Carolina Panthers uh, come in to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's on Fox on Thursday night football. Uh, I'm calling a game on radio uh, for Compass Media Networks. I'm calling the the Bengals hosting the Saints. Never called a game on play, in play-by-play before. Um, they called, yeah. they asked, I said, sure, because I'm the idiot that thinks he can do everything. Uh, give me, give me, I mean, you're Joe Buck, I'm just me. Give me your best advice. <laughs> Lie. Uh, it's radio. Just say whatever you want. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if, if they match up your radio call to the TV call, apologize later if they don't then you'll end up having a hell of a game <laughs> i you know I, you're doing it with brian baldinger who really doesn't need a play-by-play guy i used to do games with baldinger he can talk from whistle to whistle so you basically are going to struggle to get a word in edgewise and then on top of that just always just always place where the ball is i think doing radio football is the hardest thing to do i oh think it's God, harder than ch- baseball but wait what are you doing this to me why are you psyching me out I, I think it's it's just just because you know it's it's everybody can picture a baseball diamond on uh, for you you know they're moving my dad used to say they're moving from our right to our left split backs you know hand off to whomever and just always say where the ball ends up and, and that will buy you time. Out to the 41, and you look at your stats guy, a gain of four. You look to your spotter, tackled by Smith, and then you set up the next down the distance, and that's all you have to do. Baldy will talk the entire rest of the time. Okay, why do we do the right-to-left thing? It's so somebody does the visualization deal? I think so. I, yeah, I, I, I always wondered that, and then I think that's what I settled on, that, that you, you have to picture in your mind, you have to be able to kind of put yourself as the listener in the seat of the guy calling it, and you can picture it out in front of you. Because if, if you are saying they're going from their left to their right, to our right, and they say, you know, they toss it out running to the left, you know 
that they're on that side of the far side of the field. I, I don't know. I, I think it, it just helps you better picture what the heck is going on if you're in your car trying to visualize where the ball is. The great Joe Buck joining us, giving me broadcasting lessons here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Do I call the hash mark, right? They're on the... They're running to the short side of the field, to the wide side of the field, or don't no. even don't even mess with it. What, what Not about in the NFL? The what, hash marks the, the hash marks are too close. Nobody cares. What about uh, formations? Uh, yeah, you can. You know, if if you want to get into all that, then it becomes real wordy. But you can say, you know, Drew Brees is in the shotgun with Kamara to his left. Um, you know that that gives me a picture in my mind. Or Brees under center with Kamara. And, you know, whoever their fullback is behind Zach Line behind them, and you know, you, I, yeah, I, I think you have to set what it looks like offensively. I don't think you have to mess with the defense before the snap and afterward. Who made the catch? Who made the tackle? How many yards? And what's the two down and distance? The rest of the, the rest of it just lie. Um, I'm sure you've seen Billy Madison. You know, Billy, he couldn't write the Z oh, for yeah. Rizzuto, right? Who's the, what's the name right. in the NFL that gives you the most difficulty pronouncing for just for uh, un, uh, an unknown reason? Um, well, what I do is what I would suggest you do, and that is go through the pronunciations with the PR guy before the game and write them all down phonetically. So I, I don't really have any names like that, that that screw me up, but that's because I spell it out on my spotting board like use check is a fullback in the NFL and on my board it's Y O O Z dash C H E C K, which couldn't be any further from the actual spelling, but just give yourself a break and do it the easiest possible way. All right. I got it. I got it. Um, I'm, I think I'm set. I'm good. I got a spotting board. I got a spotter. You'll be fine. You did make me super nervous with that. This is the hardest thing that you can do. Could you? Could you? You should have just said it's a piece of cake. You'll be fine. You were doing great. Tell me how awesome Baldy is and how I he can talk the whole time. But yeah, well, he can talk, and uh, yeah, I could have lied to you, but I figure I'm going to be honest with you with that part of it. And then when you have a hell of a game, you can you can you know hoist one at the end of the night and say, hey, you know what? I just had a hell of a game doing the hardest thing there is to do on the radio. Love it. Hey, man, have a great call tonight. Enjoy Pittsburgh. Thanks so much for the advice. I really appreciate it. All right. And so check your pockets when you leave. Baldy is a little, uh, you know, clutchy. <laughs> clutchy. Got it. I've had people accuse me of that in the past. I just I want to, want to, want to point out. <laughs> I, I just mean like food and stuff. Like if you have loose food that you're hoping to eat at halftime, yeah. it'll find its way into Baldinger's backpack. Is he, a, is he a coffee guy? Is there something I can bring to suck up to him? Like, you know, like, oh, he likes, he's he's a latte guy, he's a coffee guy. You don't, The only thing you need to do for Brian to suck up to Brian is to just not talk a lot. To love you. <laughs> All this stuff is going down uh, on the pad. It, it's noted. You're the best. Thanks for joining us. Alright, see you, Doug. Joe, Joe Buck joining us. Getting ready to call Thursday Night Football. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on the road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. From original art and diplomas to ticket stubs and the keys to your first home, we all have mementos we'd love to put on display. FrameBridge is the easy and affordable way to custom frame just about anything with fair upfront pricing based on the size of your item and fast, free shipping. Plus, your happiness is guaranteed. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started. That's FrameBridge.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 